This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today, we are here to give you truth. That's right. Not arguments for the sake of arguments or ridiculousness. No, we're here to talk about Las Vegas Raiders football and to dispel some myths in this segment here on our Odyssey original podcast. Also heard on the radio in Las Vegas on The Bet. So if you're listening to us on the radio in Las Vegas, hope you're doing well in the Mojave Desert. All right. We're back. We're talking Raiders football. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. And hello to the YouTube audience again. All right, Mo. I want to put some of these things. I you know I get in these conversations and and look, we say it all the time here. I love interacting with our listeners and Raider fans out there. I get some people who say, "Why do you interact with these people? You know, you're a professional." No, no. It that's what it's about. That's our listeners. The fans are the people who make this thing go, not only for us, but any of the content creators, right? So I like to mix it up with them. Sometimes I choose the wrong ones to interact with because sometimes there's, I don't know what's going on on the other end. Uh, It's kind of strange. So, but overall though, some of the discussion, honest discussion around the Raiders coaching search and what's going on, uh, not only does it get hyperbolic in the atmosphere, much like the whole car wars situation, but also people, you know, because... Again, it's our job to know a little more than than the average fan because we cover sports across the board. We cover football across the board. And so when people start throwing out, you know, positives and negatives about coaching candidates, I find that so many of them are half-truths or they're based on some sort of opinion that might be valid or might not be valid. And so I wanted to go through some of those and, and get your response to them because these are some of the the, the the responses I'm getting and we see here on the YouTube channel as well, which is um, 
uh, first I'll start with around Antonio Pierce is this idea. So we know how much the locker room cares for, appreciates, and played hard for, there's no questioning that, for Antonio Pierce when he took over as coach. So I he see a lot of fans, if Pierce doesn't get the job, the locker room will revolt. They won't be listened to again, just like they weren't listened to with Rich Bisaccia, even though those situations are very different. Mo, when you hear that, what do you think? That it's so far from the truth simply for the simple fact that NFL player is not going to all of a sudden light a fire to his career and quit because he didn't get the right head coach for for the team going forward. These players put so many years into their careers. They play through injuries. They got families to feed. You think they're going to stop playing or play or play at a less than a, above of their highest potential because they didn't get the head coach they wanted? This is not daycare. You don't throw temper <laughs> tantrums when you don't get what you want. These are professional grown men. Mm. And I told someone on the X and I said, someone asked me an honest question. How do I think the Raiders will respond if they don't hire Antonio Pierce? And I said to the person, they'll respond the same way they responded after the Raiders didn't hire Rich Passaccia. They'll be disappointed. They'll be angry. They'll probably be pissed off about it. But at the end of the day, they still have a job to do. They still have a mm -hmm. career to continue. They still have a family to feed a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And they want to make some money and win football games. Win yeah, they'll football be upset. Games. But they're going to have to move on if the Raiders don't hire Antonio Pierce. So, yeah, they'll be upset. But I calling for a locker room of revolt or mutiny, riot, whatever you want to call it, it's not going to happen. Right. And it's interesting, too, because clearly, I think I think when when folks hear about well, he's so good and he brought the locker room together. All things that Antonio Pierce did and deserves all the credit for, right? He, he brought everybody together, kind of unified the team after the Josh McDaniels disaster. Uh, but but when you think of, oh, the locker room this, the locker room that, listen, it, it, it's important, but you can't, again, does do players, does a veteran player like Devontae Adams or Max Crosby, do does their... Does their opinion hold more impact with the owner, with the GM that is? Absolutely. They want to listen to them. Just like when I was in the corporate world and they were hiring somebody that was going to manage me, like a VP, okay, at the time, and I'm a director. They let me interview the VP, but guess what? They, I give them my feedback. I like this. I didn't like that. I like this. Could you work with them? Yes, I could work with them. Or, well, I could work with them, but I think this would be difficult. Um, and then they say, okay, thank you for your feedback. And then they make their decision, right? It's an informed decision. You don't decide. So, so there's no team in the world, in my view. Yes, it certainly helps the candidate and their candidacy if you're well-liked and the locker room is playing hard for you and appreciates you and wants you. But that's not the only factor. So it, to your point, this these guys want to win. Yes, they would be disappointed. And it also, just like Devontae Adams said last year, it also, what's the plan? Now, if you go out and you hired some retread that was not great, like Josh McDaniels, then I could see the players being like, oh, man, so you didn't keep Pierce, but you brought in this guy. Now, you bring in a guy like Jim Harbaugh or Mike Vrabel, somebody like that, the disappointment, I think, quickly turns to, What's the opportunity here? Because these guys are pros. And at the end of the day, like you hear from Max Crosby, Mo, they just want to freaking win. Okay? So whoever's going to get us there faster, I don't care if they're a freaking purple people eater machine. I don't care if they're a freaking <laughs> alien. 
It doesn't matter as long as they can get on board. They let them be who they are. I think that's the important piece that you learn from Antonio Pierce. That is a throwback to the old Raider Al Davis days, which is let guys be who they are. And I think as long as you have a coach who understands that from a talent perspective, from a locker room perspective, I don't think you lose anything. You know, the fastest way to get players to buy in after you move in, move on from a beloved head coach, you win football games. Because let me tell you, (laughs) if they move on from Antonio Pierce and they hire, I'll just throw a name out there, and they hire Mike Rabel, right? Right. Players would be upset that they moved on from Antonio Pierce. But guess what? The Raiders start the season 6-0. Do you think they're like, oh, we're 6-0, but man, I wish we had Antonio Pierce here. I I think I'm going to quit. Even though we're 6-0, I think I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what? I'm not going to play football anymore. I'm just going to quit. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to play to my best ability. I'm just going to I'm just going to dog it for the rest of the season. We're six and zero, but I want Antonio Pierce back. Yeah, not going to happen. And nope. by the way, I, I'm old enough to remember when the Raiders were going to revolt or have a mutiny or a riot if they didn't hire Rich Passaccia. That didn't happen. I'm yeah, old enough it, to remember really, really quick, Scott. I'm yeah. old enough to remember when Devontae Adams was supposed to throw a temper tantrum because the Raiders moved on from Derek Carr. That mm-hmm. didn't happen. I think people are just agents of chaos where they just want to see <laughs> chaos. Because every time something happens, people it's say, an well, emotional. People are going to quit, and this guy's going to ask yeah. to be out. This I, this guy's going to ask to be traded. It it hasn't happened. Right, right. And and I think you look at it too. You go back. I had one Raider fan, longtime Raider fan, reach out to me and say, "Hey," he said, "Do you remember?" And I and I don't because I didn't cover the team then. But he said, "Do you remember when the fans were going nuts and demanded that the Raiders hire Hugh Jackson? It was the same kind of thing, right?" Hugh Jack- and then Hugh Jackson was not successful with the Raiders, right? I'm not saying Antonio Pierce can't be successful because I think he can. But I'm just saying the idea that you hire a coach because all of the fan base and because the players want them to is not based in reality. It's a factor, no question, but it's not based in reality. All right, Mo, the other thing is if Pierce gets the job, then the staff will stay together and you can just continue to build. Um, as we said in the first segment – there's coaches like Brasillo and Graham already interviewing other spots. Doesn't mean they will leave, but they're going to have all, a lot of these coaches, especially on the defensive side of the ball who did well, they're going to have opportunities to go elsewhere. So if Antonio Pierce is the head coach, there's no guarantee other guys stay. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're right about that. Other, I believe other assistants are already getting requests. So it, it, now you would hope that Antonio Pierce can at least retain Patrick Graham. And I think there's a high chance that if Antonio Pierce stays, that Patrick Graham stays. High chance, not a lot. High chance. High, high chance. chance that it could happen. But it's not, a, it's not a guarantee that everyone stays together. Antonio Pierce, remember, he if he becomes the head coach, he would have inherited the staff that Josh McDaniels put together. So there may be certain guys that Josh McDaniels like that Antonio Pierce necessarily doesn't want to hold those positions in the upcoming season and beyond. So there will probably, I'll say there will be changes if Antonio Pierce is hired full time, simply because this isn't the staff that he put together. Remember, this is Josh McDaniels staff. Antonio Pierce was just part of that staff. Right. Yeah, I no, I agree. And, and that's the thing too. It's like, there's, there's no guarantees in life. And and so just because he stays and he's hired as the permanent coach doesn't mean 
that they all stay together. In fact, even when teams, especially when teams win, as you'll see this year with the Lions, the 49ers, more people will peel off. It's a testament to the coaching staff that when they do that, like you've seen with the 49ers, with Mike McDaniel, with uh, Sully, even though he hasn't had a great success in New York as of now, you'll see, though, those guys are in demand, and then they just backfill because they have good connections and they're able to do that. All right, next one. If Harbaugh gets the job, let's say Jim Harbaugh gets the job, and this could go for anybody, Mike Vrabel, whatever, um, then it's going to be another two- to three-year rebuild. Why do people think that because you switch coaches – now, again, Antonio Pierce, to his credit, had, had nice success at the end of the year, especially with the defense. Even if Patrick Graham and Antonio Pierce leave, now, if you switch, if you went to a different defensive scheme and you don't have the right bodies there, I understand the system change. That can, that can really muck things up because players are used to something. But if you don't, you bring in a coach, similar philosophies, on defense, realizes what he has on defense and wants to win. Because guess what? I don't care what coach it is, Mo. The pressure to win right away in the NFL is heavy. Okay? So nobody wants to come in uh, to a team that won eight games and say, well, we need three years. No, no, no. You're eight games. You're, you were basically two and a half, based on tiebreakers, two and a half games away from making the playoffs. Okay? Mm-hmm. You don't tear that down, and because the coaching change happens, doesn't mean that you can't continue that success. Absolutely, and, and I just want to point out that for the people that are saying that if Harbaugh comes, it's going to be a 2-3 rebuild, check Harbaugh's track record, <laughs> right? He's turned Everywhere he's been, he's either elevated or turned around that team within two years. And I think every at every stop, he's turned around within one year. The only exception is Stanford. It took him two years to lead Stanford to a winning record. But he hasn't had a losing season since like 2008. So yeah. for the people that say, oh, it's going to be an arduous rebuild, not necessarily true if you look at Harbaugh's track record. The other thing about uh, starting over with new head coaches, the Miami Dolphins hired Mike McDaniel last year, right? He brought him to the playoffs in his first season in Miami. That wasn't a long rebuild. The yeah. Texans hired D'Amico Ryans and have a rookie quarterback. Took them one year. To turn it around and make the playoffs. And this is a franchise, by the way. The Houston Texans were a dumpster fire last year. They were a laughing stock. They were Absolutely. firing head coaches left and right. They went through two guys, an interim and a yep. one-year guy, and they said, okay, the Texans aren't – I remember reading the Texans aren't appealing job because they're firing head coaches at a higher rate. They have a high turnover rate. D'Amico Ryans comes in there. They draft C.J. Stroud. Lo and behold, they're in the playoffs. Not only in the playoffs, they won the division. A home they game. Want, they won a division. They have a home game. They're hosting the Cleveland Browns this weekend. So I don't want to hear about, oh, it's going to be, it's it's definitely going to be a long <laughs> rebuild because we've seen other teams turn around within one year. I'm in New York. Yes. Brian Dayball comes here his first year, takes the Giants to the playoffs with Daniel Jones. So I, if, if you have the right head coach and you nail the quarterback position, which the Raiders do have to do, you can get back to the playoffs within one year, even with a new head coach. Correct. And and you look at, uh, and again, I know people, oh, you're a shill, you want Harbaugh. And I think Harbaugh would be the best choice for the Raiders because of where they're at. So I'm um, full disclosure that I don't know if Harbaugh wants to coach the Raiders. I'm just saying if he's available to them, that should be their number one choice. I had people tell me, well, he almost got fired at Michigan. He didn't get almost fired at Michigan. When he got to Michigan in 2015, in 2014, Michigan was five and seven. The year before he gets there, they go 10 and three the next year, Mo 10 and three. His worst year at Michigan was 2017 
when he went eight and five. And there was some blowback in 2017. They had some issues there. Then they go 10 and three, nine and four. Then they go two and four with the COVID year because they only played six games. Then 12 and two, 13 and one, and 15 and 0. Like, I, look, if you want Antonio Pierce for the reasons you want him and you don't want anything to do with Jim Harbaugh, again, make the argument, but don't, don't, don't say he's not successful and he doesn't turn teams around because he does. And I think that's important. And, oh, the Raiders don't need turning around. Well, they do on offense, that's for sure. And overall, the Raiders need turning around, which is the entire culture around the football team and winning. It's just, it hasn't happened. So there you go. So I just want to say one thing before people, I know, because I know people in the chat or people hearing this will say, you know, about what I said about Harbaugh not having a losing season. He hasn't had a losing full-time season since 2008 with Stanford. You mentioned the COVID right. year at Michigan. That was right. an incomplete year. A lot of the college teams didn't even, didn't even, none of the college teams, I believe, played a full schedule. Right. So I'm not counting that year. But when it comes to full seasons, Harbaugh hasn't had a losing season since 2008 with Stanford. Just want to yeah, and then, but but you know when people are really getting to empty space with their argument when they're like, well, yeah, but he never beat Ohio State until the last three years. Okay, well, you know th that's a rivalry in college football. I get that, but I think a national championship sort of kind of negates all of that, and not not only that, but the fact that he beat him the last three years in a row. So you, you again. If you don't like Harbaugh for whatever reason, come up with a reason, though. And I think that's why it's hard, because there's not big reason. Cheating. Okay, fine. You want to talk about that? That's a that's a fair point. If indeed he did cheat and it's proven, great. Then you can say, well, what does that say about his character? There are other coaches, including Antonio Pierce, who were involved in scandals like that, too. Not quite to the same level as Michigan with video and all that, but his was more recruiting. So nobody's perfect is what I'm getting to. Pierce isn't perfect. Harbaugh's not perfect. Vrabel's not perfect. But make sure whatever coach you're in favor of and you want to talk about it, just know the facts. That's why we're trying to dispel some of these, these myths. And, and full uh, disclosure really quick, Scott. Jim Harbaugh, I, I don't know if people know this listening to this program, but Jim Harbaugh is my top choice for the Raiders. Antonio Pierce is my second choice. I've, yeah, I've, I've been consistent. We both said that. We both I've been said consistent that. with this saying that if Jim Harbaugh says no, Antonio yeah. Pierce is the choice. Correct. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, our, uh, next one, we got time for one more, and then we got to get to our, our mailbag for the week, uh, which is uh, all Antonio Pierce needs to do is great get a great offensive coordinator. And again, this goes back to discussion we had last show, too, about coaching networks. Um, now, a good GM might be able to help with that, but again, will a top-flight offensive coordinator who doesn't know Antonio Pierce take a risk? Because listen, if you're a guy and you're trying to move up the ladder, you want to be an OC, and then you want to become a head coach eventually, do you want to hook your trailer to a guy who doesn't have experience as a coordinator or as a head coach? Now, they could meet, hit it off, and... Boom, they're in. That's fine. It can happen. Not saying it couldn't happen. But that's part of the risk here, isn't it not, Mo? It's part of the risk, but I, I can also see it both ways. If you're an offensive coordinator and you're thinking about taking the Raiders job laterally, or if let's say you're a quarterback's coach or a position coach, mm -hmm. and you're looking at the Raiders OC job under Antonio Pierce specifically, it could be appealing in the sense that you know that Antonio Pierce is not going to meddle in what you want to do. So the yeah. problem with having an offensive minor head coach, if you're an OC or an upcoming OC, is that people may give that credit to the head coach. Remember Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City? People were giving all the credit to Andy Reid because he's the more known offensive mind. 
Now, if you're an OC who wants more of the credit, then you would prefer a situation where your head coach is not an offensive play call because then when the offense, if the offense is successful, you will definitely get those head coaching interviews and requests. I think Bobby Sloak is a good example in Houston. Yeah. D'Amico Ryan has a defensive background, so all the offensive credit goes to Bobby Slowick. Yeah, very true. Very true. And it's it's interesting, though, too. I think a lot of folks, too, ask me in closing here, um, hey, well, if, if Harbaugh gets a job, maybe he'll keep Antonio Pierce. Maybe, And if Graham leaves, maybe Antonio Pierce can be the, the D.C. While that would be awesome for everybody, especially fans, uh, I don't think it happens. I think you look at situations going back to the 80s where you had Mike Ditka and Buddy Ryan – you know, who, who had experience and there's a level where you want guys to be. And I don't look, if I'm Antonio Pierce, if the Raiders don't hire me as the head coach, I'm not sure I want to stick around. I, I, as much as he loves the players and he loves the Raiders and all that stuff, if he's got an opportunity laterally to go somewhere else or to become a DC somewhere else, um, he might do that too. So it, it's going to be all fluid, Mo, until we, we get some answers here around the interview processes and see who actually is up for the Raiders job. But we want to just have a discussion on some of those things too. So we'll see what uh, what folks have to say in the chat. All right, we're going to step aside for our final break. When we come back, we'll close out the show with our mailbag. we got some great voicemails and we will get to those here on Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast also heard on The Bet in Las Vegas. Don't go anywhere. 